Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so delighted today to be joined by Fola Evans-Akinbola to talk all about her TV series, 10%. And um, I was actually really interested in, you know, how much you knew of the journey and the arc of, of where your character was going throughout these eight episodes, um, you know, whether you had all of the scripts at the beginning to really kind of know where that journey was going. And if not, you know, what were the key details and components that were really important for you to kind of know about where that was, that trajectory was going to go character-wise to be able to start building the groundwork even in episode one for her mm, um no so I didn't have all the script the the eight scripts but I suppose because it I knew it was based on the original French one I and in the kind of audition breakdown they had given us a sense of okay Zoe is based on Sophia and even though it's a different character you know she's an actress receptionist secretly an actress desperate to be a working actress and so I had a sense that that was going to be the rough trajectory that we were going to get to see her kind of not getting to pursue her dreams and then pursuing her dreams and kind of getting caught up in the excitement of that but I didn't get to see all the the first eight scripts but I was very like I trusted that it was going to be fantastic because I got to see the first script and even the audition sides like from the the scenes that we were sent for the audition I was like in love with the project already and I was a big fan of the French one so I think you know some projects I think you, it's nice to see as much as possible because you're like okay before I decide where's this gonna go but because it was John Morton and it was based on Call My Age and I was I was sort of just thrilled that they were willing to have me I was like a yes straight away <laughs> And John Morton not only created it, but also directed the first two episodes of, of the season, I believe. And, you know, obviously, like you said, it's it's based on the French series, but it's so much its own version, its own characters. It's such a standalone story separate to that in its own right. Um, and within that, you know, that brings the natural journey of, of how are we going to tell this story? How are we going to explore it? You know, how are we going to shape these characters and what's the tone and the voice of the show? Um, and was there a huge benefit? Benefit, especially because John was directing those first two episodes in that part of the process with him in really just that collaboration between everybody as you kind of figured it out over the first few episodes. Absolutely. And I, I think John directing the first episodes was so important because we all trust him so much and his sensibility and his taste and, um, you know, the fact that he had written them and his previous work with WNA in 2012 meant that I think we all had a little bit of nervousness coming in about the fact that it is based on the original French one and the French one is so fantastic. And, you know, I think I'd be lying if I said that we weren't aware that some people are going to obviously make the comparisons and how that's going to be. So there was that nervousness. But I think because John directed those first two and we all trusted him so much, um, it allowed us to really relax into it and just enjoy the rhythm of his writing um, and be kind of in the John Morton pocket. But it's interesting because each director really had their own, uh, of course, energy and sensibility. So I don't, maybe because I was on set, I can notice, but I'll be interested if audiences notice that there is quite a different, I think each sort of two sets of episodes does have a different kind of vibe to it. And I can sort of sense, okay, this is a new director each time, but it's good that John Morton kind of started us off of like, okay, he's the, the captain of the ship and, and this is the kind of energy he wanted. It was funny. I, I think the first few episodes, I realized John's sort of directing style because quite a few times the note, that's great. That's great. Just, just do another one, but just 
throw it away, just throw it away. And it, it always made his right. It just, it just taught me that when the writing is so good, you actually don't have to do, obviously you do your prep, but you don't have to then layer too much on because his writing was so good. We were all noticing like, okay, the notes more just throw it away and you just have to let the writing sing, if that makes sense. No, it really does. And, and, you know, you were talking a little bit before about Zoe at the beginning of the series and kind of how we meet her where she's working reception at this agency. And it's really very much for her, like that's a survival job, but it's also putting her in a space where she has that opportunity to watch everything going around her. Um, you know, and it, even just the fact the conversations that people have as they're walking by the front desk, even if they're not stopping to bring her into the conversation, she's kind of always there picking up on everything. And what were the observational qualities that you really wanted to bring into her with that in mind, that everything that she's listening to and hearing and watching is for her about the building blocks of her career. And she's maybe the only person that really knows the extent to which she's paying attention to everything in that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great uh, observation. I really wanted that to be an important part of her character um because I think you know in episode one you meet her um kind of you could kind of brush her off as like ah the receptionist over there she's not too much in episode one and I think that's quite good and interesting because the audience is meeting her in the same way that the agents think of her as just like ah the receptionist and then as the story picks up she kind of continues but it was really important to me that I tried to get across the idea that she's always hoping she might get discovered and this sort of sense of like working oh okay something might be happening can I you know and it's not in a conceited way but she's just so passionate and wanting to be part of this world um and even in like the hair and makeup conversations that obviously she's not like dolled up but that there's some people that might do that if they're not wanting to be an actor that they would maybe do their hair and makeup a bit differently. But I did think that she would always have that slight extra, like, just in case they see, just in case they see me today as who I really am as an actress, I want to look good. You know, she's not the kind of person that would want to risk coming into work, not looking um, kind of presentable. And even all of those kind of details about uh, her being in touching distance to the world that she wants to be a part of, but just not being considered in that way was sort of it's like very painful for her but she's so hopeful right and that's always kind of at the forefront her hopefulness kind of overtakes the difficulty of it all and we also learn that she's she's not someone who has any sort of parachute you know she doesn't have a a safety system to catch her if she if she fails and even to the point where she's like my parents are barely talking to me right now like they really don't understand and support what she's doing and trying to pursue a career as an actor and and as a creative in the arts um you know and I thought that was a really interesting detail that tells us so much about her how extensively did you take details like that about her family life about her back life you know thinking about what's what's her driver what's her motivation in a lot of spaces particularly bearing in mind that like this is something that she's pursuing you know single-handedly by herself yeah it was really important because I think that show, showed me that line, that scene that you're referring to in that line, that showed me how much she really wants to be an actress because it, to pursue something that like is going to make your parents not really talk to you, you have to really want it and, and really want it for the right reasons. She's not, and this is not a judgment on people who do want this. I'm just speaking specifically for Zoe. Like she's not the kind of person who's like, 
oh, maybe it could be fun to be like famous or like, you know, I don't know, whatever people might think of sort of that kind of quick fame stuff that's happening nowadays. She loves theatre and she loves Shakespeare and she wants to like one day win an Olivier Award. Like she loves it for the craft. And I think um, you have to if you're willing to affect your family relationships for what you're doing, because I think when the going gets tough, if you're not in it for the right reasons, um, you'll probably give up, right? Um, so that was really important to me that it showed a lot about who she was, that she would, despite her parents' sort of disapproval, she she's willing to keep going. And But that for me, it, that was actually something that I couldn't easily relate to with though, because my parents are very uh, supportive and like my dad's, a musician and composer my uncle's an actor um so the entertainment industry has hasn't been something that um was like off limits for for me as as a work so that because my parents are very supportive that I had to do a lot of work on thinking oh what would it be like to have parents that were willing to not even speak to you uh because of what you're doing but I I kind of you know I I imagine that perhaps her dad was the kind of person that wasn't willing to pursue his creative dreams, you know, that secretly had his own creative de desires. And that's why her, cre her pursuing her creative dreams obviously triggered something in her dad. And, you know, you don't get to meet her dad in season one, maybe season two, that could be cool. Um, but that's, that was all part of the work I did. Yeah. Yeah. I love that detail. And also, you know, what you were saying there about for her, it really being about the craft and like, that's the connectivity that pulls her into it also kind of feeds into that exploration that we get to see on screen of who is she as a performer and we get to see it you know when Dan comes to see the show that she's in we get to have kind of like those couple of scenes where you're playing out just a moment of what that show might be or you know who is she when she is suddenly like in character in the middle of an audition room as well um yeah. you know and how did you play around with the idea of 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 a perform, you know, because I love that idea of like a performance within a performance. Yeah. If that makes sense, yeah. You know, because you're you're in essence playing a character and then determining, well, who are they as a performer? Yeah. Taking it that other step from there, and so how did you play around with like what is her voice, what is her style, what is her approach, and and who is she when she's performing? Yeah, that's such a great question. It was the most challenging one was the audition where she's bad in the audition, and she's a really bad improviser and. It's like getting that line between she's meant to be a good actress, but then she does a really bad audition and she's really bad at improvising and getting that line of, of where that kind of sits. And I think what helped is because she's so new and fresh to, obviously she's trained and she does her kind of theatre, but she's new to kind of professional acting life. That kind of helped me because I think when you're new to auditioning and that kind of thing, there's a sort of, gung-ho you kind of just like throw yourself into it and hope for the best energy that that you can then tweak as you get more experience you can you kind of gain a bit more experience of okay how to approach the audition room but for me with Zoe I, I always felt like her excitement would kind of sometimes um, override things like sort of bubble up and and spill over into the character like she's meant that she's meant to be playing in an audition um but it was it was that was one of the most fun things actually to get to do is be even uh so we had the the, the kind of 60s uh, stuff that she does on set and then the um policewoman sort of leather jacket wearing audition and then the 
kind of World War II uh, stuff. It was really fun to get to do all of those things. And I mean, that's what we as actors love to do. So I was, it was very meta because it's like I was enjoying it just for myself to do all of that. And then I knew, of course, Zoe would be enjoying all of that. I mean, you were mentioning there as well, the moment where she's kind of thrown off of point a little bit by the improv. And did you did you kind of also see her as a character that like tries to really create order and tries to like know all the details, you know, it's like a meticulous planner. Like I like to know all the details of what I'm walking into. I've meticulously prepared my sides for this audition. And so it's kind of natural for her that something like that, like suddenly having that thrown at her, like we're improving, you didn't know we're improving and now you've got to come up with it on the spot would be something that would throw her off balance yeah definitely because in the then the next scene after that audition when she's sort of angry at Dan and saying like you can't just spring this on someone and she's I think that also shows her kind of uh how new she is as well to the auditioning process but that she's someone that if she's going to get an opportunity she's going to make sure that she's as prepared as she can possibly be and she probably knows her lines back to front front to back running backwards washing up like super uh, meticulous as you say um and is maybe almost a little bit of an over preparer um because actually in that in that scene where she's getting angry at Dan me as myself there were moments where I felt like you know she she was slightly in the wrong that there's an what's hard for us as actors is you have of course ideally you want to be warned if there's improv in an audition but you also have to be ready for anything and it's that balance of that sort of what I'm talking about with as you get more experience with auditions you learn this kind of thing that you have to be really prepared and also let go of that prep and be willing to be flexible and if they say should we do a bit of improv you go yeah sure and, and throw yourself into it um, so I think a lot of her journey is is actually looking at her idea idea of what it's going to be like versus what it's really like which I think we see when she sort of gets to go to the party and the premiere and you know her idea of that and then in reality um Marcus kind of leaves her the director kind of leaves her and the party's a bit lonely for her and you know I think that playing that was really interesting is her, her kind of hopes and dreams for what her journey will be like versus the reality I also like that, as you were saying before, we do get to see her becoming a little bit more comfortable and a little bit adept with with those parts of the process that she just doesn't have as much experience in at the beginning. Um, and how did you kind of find those nuanced details where you were like, OK, here's where she was in the first time we saw her walking into the audition room. And here's where she's starting to feel a little bit more comfortable and like a little bit more confident in herself. Yeah, because I think uh, the second audition was episode um, maybe five and the first one was three. So, yeah, it was important to me to sh to somewhat try to show that, OK, each time she's trying to um, learn from the past experience. And I imagine that she'd be in the bathroom for that second time kind of gearing herself up and making sure she's like okay just stay focused and and don't mess this up um because she's just sort of so desperate to to make a good impression of course as we all are as actors it's like it's it's easy to you know the intellectual thing to that we all know is that you know an audition is um it's just think of it as a rehearsal and just you know go in and have fun and um 
they can take it or leave it. Don't try to please them. Just do what feels good. Like that all makes sense intellectually, but it's really hard as an actor to actually feel that. In reality, you go in and you feel like, like me, please. Um, and so I think I, I really wanted to, I think hopefully if we do a season two, we'll see more of this because I think she's still in that like me phase actually. Um, but as she, maybe in season two, as she gets more experienced, maybe feeling a bit more free to just, OK, look, this is who I am as a performer. This is who I am as a creative and kind of take it or leave it. I also like that we get to see that exploration of of kind of her journey with her self-confidence as a person as well through all of this, you know, and and it's like she knows that she's talented from the beginning, but there's a, you know, mm. there's always a difference for her in terms of like, once she, once other people start to see it, what that opens up as well, where it's like, okay, like I know, I know that I was right about this and I am on the right path. Um, and so what did you want her relationship with self-confidence to be as that kind of grows for her a little bit throughout the season as well? Yeah, that's, that's was probably the most important aspect of her for me was her self-confidence but that how you have to kind of be um a little bit delusional to think that you can make it as an actor like we all have to have a little bit of delusion I think not just as an actor in the entertainment industry so even if I guess you wanted to be a musician or a pop star or something like that you have your ambition and self-confidence has to be almost a little bit like yeah a little bit delusional and yet at the same time you have to ground yourself in the reality that 89% of actors never work or or are unemployed at any given time or whatever the uh, percentage is and so for me um it it was really fun and most important for me to capture those two things in her that she's very confident about her abilities but of course there's only so long you can be confident about something when the outside world isn't giving you that same feedback you know like so it was important that she hit those moments of doubt, those moments of, oh, okay, I'm, I feel like I know that I'm not me. Sorry. Zoe feels like she knows that she's confident. Um, sorry, that she's talented, but there's going to be moments where she doesn't get that same feedback. And so it makes her question it. And I think her confidence was really lovely though, to play because compared to, um, Simon Gould played by Tim McKinnery who's one of my favorite storylines and characters I think they've got a really interesting relationship they only have one scene together in the show but they kind of they're both the actors trying to still kind of make it but she's very young and full of passion and full of confidence and he's sort of crippled by his self-doubt and so it was really nice to play her end of things someone who's very self-confident but and has moments of doubt rather than is crippled by her self-doubt. But that, what you what you point out, I think is one of the most uh, fun things to capture. Because I think as actors, I mean, I don't know, maybe some actors are just totally confident, probably just Meryl Streep, I don't know. But for me, for me, certainly, I think it's, I definitely have moments where I'm like, what am I doing? That is rubbish. That is, I'm just terrible. I should stop. Um, and then, of course, course I have moments where I go oh maybe it's possible maybe I could maybe I can get to maybe I can do this and that just is all inside and kind of creating turmoil (laughs) so that was kind of the easy part you know how I said like um the parent 
thing was hard to kind of relate to and then I had to work on that that aspect of Zoe was easy to relate to I'm not as confident as her in my talent I have much more self-doubt but I could really relate to the kind of inner turmoil of the like ambition and then the doubt and the kind of uh, imposter syndrome and you know one of the other spaces that brings up a different type of inner turmoil is the fact that she has this relationship with Dan where you know they've been friends they've gotten to know each other for a while then he becomes her agent and then they become romantically involved in you know things like her not wanting him to come to the film party because she wants to kind of be there in her own right and doesn't want to be there as as someone's plus one um you know and all the back and forth that comes with that how did you want to really explore that inner turmoil of I'm finally getting everything I wanted and I don't want people to think that it's because my agent is also my boyfriend Mm, yeah I was we, me and Prasanna had a lot of conversations about that dynamic and who was kind of in the right, so to speak. But I think she she was always coming from the position of what, as what you just said, of she's t- it's taken her so it took her so long to be seen for who she feels she truly is, which isn't which is an actor and a creative and not just the receptionist. It took her so long to get to that point and be signed by, by the agency that then she's really fighting hard to cling on to that um, independence and people seeing her for who she is. So she didn't want to be tainted by uh, that perhaps judgment that might come from other people that she's then kind of in a dynamic or relationship with Dan. And so for me, I could really understand where she was coming from. And that's what I really focused on is that she's fought to be seen for who she truly is. And so that's what she's trying to cling on to, perhaps a bit too tightly. And, and you know, she apologizes to him in the text so she can kind of see that, oh, maybe I've done something wrong. But I could empathize with that desire to. Um, yeah, I could empathize with that desire to. Stand on one's own two feet as a as a new actress and actress and particularly because she's a a young woman right like that wouldn't be the same conversation if I don't think it would be the same conversation if it if Zoe was like a guy who was like coming up or maybe it would I don't know if they turned up with their female director maybe it would be the same conversation I don't know I mean, to that point as well, it also feels like an important choice that there's no there's no gray area for the audience in watching it about, oh, does she have motivations in entering this relationship? It's very clear that this is about a connection between the two of them when oh, it kind of shifts to that romantic space. Um, and I was interested in how you and Prasanna really worked together, particularly on that scene where, where they first kind of start, start realizing that they feel the same way about making sure that that, that was the choice that was coming across. Oh, I'm glad that you it came across that way for you uh, because that, yeah, that would have been a very different uh, storyline and dynamic to play. I think what really helped us is in the writing, um, there weren't too many, like there weren't sort of seeds of it before, like in previous episodes, it wasn't like there were scenes of sort of Dan flirting or checking out Zoe or anything like that. So they were very protected I think our characters were very protected in the writing and and it was really that in that episode in that moment she's as we spoke about with her parents she's had her whole life with her parents not having her back and really her being the only person to believe in herself and to have her own back so then to overhear Dan believing in her and fighting for her and um, standing up for her 
to the to the other actors, uh, Emma and Himesh. Um, that's what kind of ignited that, like, oh wow, you know, to hear him talking about her that way is what sort of sparked it all. So I think the writing really protected us because because it was that situation that kind of did the spark rather than weird sort of office dynamics before that. And I think it takes them both by surprise, which is what's fun. It's sort of like, oh, I've not seen you in this way before, but let's go with it. And the fact that it took us both by surprise is what we tried to focus on is that um, we tried to focus on capturing that dynamic of rather than it being, we'd been fancying each other for years in the office, it being a new um, discovery for both of us. And that we were both, what we actually did, we worked with a great um, intimacy coordinator um, and in in the kind of uh, dynamic, once we start kind of being intimate, we really worked on also making sure Zoe was uh, passionate and proactive in her sort of pursuit of him and even in just the kissing of, you know, that she's just as up for it as he is and I think that protected from Dan being made to seem like he was uh predatory and or anything like that and you know in in the fact that you've now kind of done this whole season and and developed this relationship with Zoe as a character what are kind of the main skills and tools that you feel that you had the opportunity to to develop through playing her on this project um that you're really excited to be able to like carry into a potential season two with her as well um that's such a great question I think one of them has to be what we spoke about at the beginning is the trusting of the writing. And I think if we do get a season two, fingers crossed, um, I will really take that, that into to season two of that because the writing is so good, I can trust that John and the lovely writing room um, will write everything that's needed for Zoe. And of course I will bring my own thing to it, but um, trusting that process is, is one of the main things that I think I'll definitely, um, that I definitely learned. Um, and I think, oh, I'm trying to think what else did I really learn from playing her? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think that's the main thing of, of, of trusting it all. Cause then when I, you know, I don't like to watch lots and lots, but I watched the whole, like, so I, I, sorry, I don't like to watch it again and again because that's a bit cringe to watch myself too much. But of course I really watched the whole show because I want to see everyone else's work too and celebrate in that. And so getting to watch it, I think that's what I've been able to see is um, the scenes that I was sort of worried about or how did it come across? It's, it's fine because we've been in good hands with the creative team behind the scenes. Yeah. No, I think that's really amazing to hear. And, and the writing definitely is is one of the biggest strengths of the show. And it's been so great watching you through season one, also crossing my fingers for another season of, of the series. You. Thank you so much, Fola. Thank you so much. <laughs>